Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well, hello and welcome to this Monday. I had a great weekend, sort of. Um, my daughter bought me tickets to go see a Broadway play in San Jose, which is about three hours away from us. And you can imagine the issues that I had on the way up and on the way back, but it was even worse walking to the venue. My, my right leg was... I mean, you could have cut it off, and I would have been so much better. I was in so much pain. I've never felt so much in my life. Um, needless to say, you know, as soon as I got in the car, I was okay. I've been kind of moaning a little bit this morning because it still kind of hurts, but ugh. but I, I'm glad I got to go. You know, before we um, decided to go, you know, we purchased our tickets, but we didn't purchase any handicapped um, seating. And that was the issue, you know, I couldn't take my wheelchair that I finally got, I can't believe it. And I couldn't take my walker because there was nowhere to put it. So I had to walk in. So, But other than that, it was great. And I hope all you fathers out there had a great uh, Father's Day also. But let's get started here. And today's episode is going to be on six features of an ideal type 2 diabetes treatment plan. Alright then, here we go. If your blood sugar isn't as well controlled as it once was or you haven't reached your target A1C despite treatment, your doctor may suggest making an adjustment to your type 2 diabetes treatment plan. Every person with diabetes is unique, so each treatment plan is individualized. What's best for one person may not be ideal for another. Note, nothing about diabetes is a one-size-fits-all. There are so many different components that go into selecting a plan that's appropriate for one person, such as lifestyle, culture, and financial situation. That said, knowing where you stand and how your overall plan stacks up can be an important predictor of success. People with diabetes who honed their self-management skills, the ability to carry out day-to-day lifestyle habits that help control blood sugar, as well as being informed and part of the decision-making process, had a more marked decrease in A1C levels compared with controlled groups, according to this doctor. It helps to look at the big picture and consider how you and your healthcare team are insurancing ensuring your plan works for you and changing it when needed. Here's how to access your current plan and what to look for in the future one. 
So number one, you should feel like you're part of a team. Shared decision making isn't just a buzzword. It's essential in good diabetes plan. Shared decision making is where you have a partnership with the healthcare professionals who are seeing you and you work together to come up with a plan for your care. A shared approach requires honesty about what's been working for you and what issues, fears, and concerns you may have with the medications and lifestyle recommendations. It's a less authoritative way of interacting with your doctors and helps empower you as a patient. Your provider can then say, these are the medications we have based on your disease and lifestyle. And let's talk about the pros and cons to determine what will be best for you. Number two, your plan should honor your background. It's a disservice to you if a doctor comes in and tells you that beloved family dishes or food from your culture is bad for you. The doctor says, we have to meet patients where they are. If rice is a staple in their diet, for example, we have to think about how we can keep that food in their diet while making sure it doesn't cause a high of blood sugar spikes. Same goes for religion. For instance, she notes the doctor, some patients are focused on the power of prayer to improve their health. And we want to make sure we as providers don't minimize what important, what's important to them. We should add it into the overall treatment plan. Number three, your plan should be individualized. Healthcare providers are experts about the psychology of how medications work, but people are experts on what they feel like they can do or have access or the means to acquire and do. For example, Bidwell might recommend moving toward a whole food plant-based diet. That's the doctor they're talking about. If a patient is currently eating a standard American diet, which includes a lot of meat and processed foods, then there is a lot of work that has to be done to get there. Instead of a blanket recommendation of eating five servings of fruits and vegetables a day and consuming whole grains, I'll step back and ask about what they think about diet's role in treating diabetes. When it comes to a lifestyle, the doctor says she might ask a patient to rate themselves on a scale of 0 to 10 in regards to stress management and getting the sleep that they need. Until we address all the barriers, sustainable change doesn't happen. Alright, number four, your plan shouldn't focus only on the number of the scale. Weight loss can be an important part of type 2 diabetes management plan, but if you've heard a blanket recommendation to lose weight without any instruction on how to get there or a sole focus on weight loss, then you should think about if that's working for you. It's quite clear that there is a relationship between being overweight or obese and metabolic disorders. As you lose weight, blood sugar and blood pressure comes down. But using the number on the scale as the measure of success doesn't often lead to sustainable change. Instead, what's important is a provider who will engage with you about non-weight related goals. Think out six months from now. If you could lose the weight 
how would you be how would your life be different would you be able to interact with family more have energy to play with your kids or grandkids take a vacation and walk to see the sights that's what motivating is all about all right number five your fears and worries should be addressed what if you have anxiety about meals or your provider prescribes an injectable medication rather than Rather than dismissing that fear, your provider should take it seriously. Dig into it more and help you come up with a plan that accommodates your needs. The ideal plan should allow for adjustments made by working with your doctor that incorporate changes that make it okay for you. Number six, the plan should be clear and easy to understand. The funny thing about doctor's offices is that you might go in, they might talk to you, you might nod your head in agreement, and then you leave and sit in your car, not knowing what to do next. This doctor asked patients to repeat our plan back to me, to her, before they head out of the door. If your provider doesn't do this, then before you go, say, to be clear, our plan is, and repeat back what you heard. Last but not least, you should be able to trust your doctor and feel comfortable telling them the truth such as finding it tough to stick with your type 2 diabetes treatment plan. Your provider should want to understand what's going on behind the scenes before declaring that your plan needs to change, or worse, making you feel like you're in trouble. For instance, the doctor says, we may have someone on a certain medication for diabetes, but when we check their A1C, it's not improving. Before intensifying therapy, we should find out if the patient is taking it as prescribed or if not. Why? The doctor notes that the reason treatment may not be working may have to do with patient law not taking medication as directed because of side effects or confusion about how to take it correctly. Similarly, if someone is having trouble making lifestyle changes, the struggling to cut back on soda the underlying reasons should be examined. Having a doctor you can trust and talk to, as well as a type 2 diabetes treatment plan that follows the ideal strategies mentioned above can be a winning combination for you. So we're only about 10 minutes into this episode, so I want to talk about uh, seven things or seven negative thoughts to avoid if your type 2 diabetes treatment stops working. I think I have enough time to squeeze that in there, this episode also. So um, I'll post all the information again on my Facebook page so you'll be able to uh, read it over yourself. Let me go real quick here, though. The emotional tolls of diabetes. Paying attention to your mental and emotional health can be different if you have type 2 diabetes. Regardless of whether you experience a setback in your treatment plan, According to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, people with diabetes are two to three times more likely to have depression than people without diabetes. And yet, only 25 to 50% of people with diabetes who have depression are diagnosed and treated. Uh, this one doctor here says, often the diabetes di diagnosis and its acceptance can lead to depression. This is especially so given that the person 
has to come to terms with all of the things they must now have to change and monitor. So here's some of those common thoughts and feelings you may have when treatment stops working and more important, what you can do to flip the script and try to work toward a more, a more positive perception. Number one is, it's my fault my diabetes isn't under control. While there's a lot of emphasis on following a healthy lifestyle to manage type 2 diabetes for good reason, since it's an effective way to control your blood sugar, it also sets people up for disappointment when those changes aren't enough. Currently, this doctor states, I think the healthcare system is set up to blame the person, implying that they have failed. So emotionally, they feel like a failure, especially with type 2 diabetes for which healthy eating and exercise are usually the first line of defense. When a person fails at that, adding medication on a test to that failure. So here's number two. Diabetes is a death sentence. One of the classic pitfalls, and among the worst, is if a person gets to a place where they are resigning themselves to the thought that they are going to die from this condition. The doctor says, in reality, the sooner they accept the diagnosis and of all the responsibilities that go with it, the better off they will be. Number three, I'll never find a treatment that works. If your treatment stops working, it may seem like nothing else will ever work again. But try to avoid this all or nothing thinking by keeping in mind that finding the right type 2 diabetes treatment often requires trial and error. When something doesn't work, it just means that your treatment needs to be adjusted. There are many options you may consider changing your current medication, adding on a medication, or starting insulin or another injectable medication. Number four, why bother? There's no question that managing diabetes requires work. And when your efforts aren't enough to keep your condition in check, it may be tempting to stop trying so hard. But healthy habits like exercising regularly, eating healthy, sleeping well, and limiting alcohol intake are still important in managing diabetes and helping you avoid complications. If they feel too daunting, consider breaking these down into smaller goals. Try finding one thing you can be motivated to work on and use that to keep seeing progress. Number five, diabetes is not the only things uh, getting me down. Everything is hopeless. As previously mentioned, diabetes and depression can go hand in hand. And while it's important to treat both, the good news is that the addressing your diabetes may help you emotionally too. Until a person can get their diabetes under control, the psychotropic medications that I might prescribe to assist them to manage related mental health challenges will not work that well. Number six, nobody understands what I'm going through. It can be tough going through challenges with diabetes treatments, especially if your friends and family don't have the condition or their diabetes is in check. Reminding yourself that there are millions of people with diabetes and some of them are feeling exactly like you are right now might help, as can con uh, connecting with others who have type 2 diabetes. Look for a community of people that can help in supporting you. Number seven, I have no control over diabetes. 
when treatments fail, it seems like there's nothing you can do about it, but you have far more control than you may realize. Success with type 2 diabetes is about acceptance, taking your medications, committing yourself to that lifestyle change, communicating with all your doctors about your medications, and being open to mental health support for the emotional challenges. Finally, the doctor says, if you're struggling emotionally, don't hesitate to talk to your doctor or a therapist who has experience with people who have diabetes. Your health and happiness are worth it. Well, I'm glad I had enough time to get both of those uh, sessions in there for you. And I will post them on my uh, Facebook page so you can read them through yourself. There's a lot more information on this website that I use. It's called Everyday Health. And they give you a lot of information on different aspects, not just uh, diabetes. But there's so many things that you can find on there that I have found uh, to help and to be able to put on these episodes for you. So give that a try. And again, like I always end the shows, go out, get some sun, enjoy your time with family, be motivated, don't get down, don't let depression take over your life. Everything is going to be better. So you guys have a great week, and I will talk to you next Monday. Goodbye. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.